0: Hi, everyone, this is Sam Harrelson. You might remember, uh, if you've been a long-time listener, that a few years ago, uh, my, my buddy Thomas Whitley, and co-founder of this thing, of this show, uh, had to, to abruptly pack up his bags and leave. Um, we we get a lot of messages, people asking like, oh my gosh, is, is everything okay to do when Thomas get into a fight? Um, who Are we Team Thomas or Team Sam? What, what's What's the hashtag? No, no, no. Uh, Thomas got into the world of politics and he found a dream job, uh, an, an incredible opportunity where he was uh, working on the campaign campaign manager with, with uh, John Daly, who's running for mayor of Tallahassee, Florida. And they won. So Thomas became chief of staff for Mayor Daly. And Thomas, and this was back in 2017, 2018. So now Thomas is chief of staff for the city of Tallahassee in Florida. And if if uh, you don't have any backstory, Thomas is a fascinating guy. We we've been friends since, gosh, what was it, 2007? I think when uh, our, our professor we both went to the same school at the time. Our professor uh, emailed me one morning and said, "Hey, I know we're going on this trip, and there's this guy named Thomas. I want you to meet. You're going to be great buddies with him. He's he's a you know wonderfully interesting guy. You guys are going to hit it off." So don't freak out, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try to set you guys up. And I immediately was completely skeptical skeptical of my beloved professor when I met Thomas. <laughs> he had like a riding hat thing on and like a newsboy type hat, and I think a vest maybe and, and some tight leather pants, No, no, no. Um, but but he, he did have a, a a unique fashion sense, and I was kind of you know country bumpkin still wearing flannel and boots. And driving my truck, so Thomas and I got to know each other on this trip from D.C. to Charleston to Savannah back to our hometown around Charlotte, and uh, it was it was an amazing opportunity to get to know someone uh, for the first time. And since that time, we've been inseparable. Uh, our, our our wives, our partners, still um, are, are jealous of our relationship because we, we talk incessantly. We we we're constantly texting each other. We send flowers once a week, and uh, chocolates at every Valentine. And this is actually the first uh, holiday season where we haven't hung out with with Thomas and his his wife, and it's been really sad. So we decided to make it public what is normally a private conversation, which is how this whole show started. Thomas and I would would get on the on the Skype back in the day and um, do it do a quick call, you know, once or twice a week, just to kind of check in. And uh, we decided we should record these and make a podcast out of it. So that's how Thinking FM started. Uh, so this is kind of a throwback, and that was that was in 2009. So that's 11 years ago we started podcasting together. So Thomas and I get into it. Uh, we talk about city politics. We talk about how the city of Tallahassee is helping small businesses, uh, what they're doing marketing-wise to let small businesses and and big businesses and, and nonprofits know about what they're doing um, relief-wise for COVID, but also just planning for the future and, and seeing what 2021 is going to bring. Uh, Thomas is, is an internal optimist, uh, despite how he may come across, and um, not not on this show. On this show, he's pretty optimistic, but in general, you know, he can be a little gruffy. Um, <laughs> just kidding. So it, it was a lot of fun to be able to do the show with Thomas, and uh, I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. And I'll, I'll wrap up afterwards with a few quick thoughts. But heading into this, just keep in mind um, we we get into some nitty gritty stuff about business loans and and and. Thinking about how to be resilient in a time of crisis. I think that applies not only to marketing and business, which is what we talk about here, but also to everything we do. So, the resiliency and being able to think faster on your feet and plan ahead is really needed and So, all that to say, here's Thomas Whitley, Chief of Staff, Mayor of Tallahassee Office. All right. Well, hello, Thomas. How are you?
1: I'm doing well, Sam. It's, uh, it's good to be back in the saddle again.
0: It's been a few, been a few days since we've uh, recorded one of these.
1: I was trying to think about the last time we were we recorded a show together. When did you take the new position or start with it? Um, it would have been 2018.
0: Yeah, but the campaign started in what, in 17?
1: No, it started early 18. Okay. Yeah.
0: So yeah, it had to be 2018 then.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, and it's funny because we, you know, the, the the show had gotten like was growing in numbers again. Like <laughs> we were getting more and more each show, and uh, we had had this great trajectory, and all of a sudden it was like, well, you know, sorry, folks. So I had so many messages of people like, did y'all get into a fight? Like, did did Thomas? You know, what what happened? Like, why, why did you know? We should have really leaned into that, right? I know, I know. It should have been like, uh you know, when Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan split up or whatever
1: that's right yeah And then you know we could we could do a reunion show on like e news or something <laughs>
0: right. I'll, I'll call uh tmz and let them know we're, we're doing a show again so it's good to have you thomas whitley tallahassee mayor's office chief of staff what do you do well like, i mean explain to folks what this this uh iteration of, of your journey is like
1: that's a that's a good question um there's not an easy way to explain it you know the thing that i i you know i Try to say a lot is part of what I like about the job is that every day is different. And, you know, it's hard to kind of quantify that for people to really understand. Um, where some days it's, you know, talking on the phone or answering emails with, you know, constituent issues about trash getting picked up. And other days it is, um, you know, trying to land, uh, you know, multi million dollar. Um, you know, economic development deal, or you know, we're talking with hospitals about uh, COVID nineteen, and we're setting up drive-through testing facilities. We were one of the first cities in the in the state of Florida to uh, set up a drive-through testing facility, and and we largely did that ourselves, the city, in in partnership with some of our local hospitals. Uh, so it it is kind of crazy. You do everything, and and you know, I have the benefit of working at a city that. Um, you know, we're, we're a mid-sized city, uh, but we do a lot. We own all of our utilities, which which I think is our- really interesting. Yeah, right. None, none of people we, talk about that. I think it's yeah, it's crazy, and we'll talk about that a little bit more too. But we own all of our utilities. We own the airport, so um, we have. Uh, wow. I think. 89, 90 parks inside the city limits. Now we've got to push our 200th anniversary is in 2024. And so we're pushing to get to a hundred parks inside the city limits by 2024. Okay. Uh, so the breadth of what we do and what I get to do every day, um, is crazy, right? So I have to learn about, you know, um, power generation because we have, uh, two, two solar farms, uh, we produce, and I didn't learn this until um, you know, maybe last year we produced now when we opened the second solar farm, the second most solar energy per capita of any city, uh, in the country, second only to Honolulu. And they're literally out in the middle of the ocean, right? So they don't have much of a choice. Um, and so the breadth is, uh, is, you know, very broad, you know, obviously in the mayor's office, I liaise a lot with, uh, other, you know, other government entities with our state and our federal partners. So we get to do that a lot. Um, you know, talk with local businesses, um, and, you know, we try to, re- we're you know, doing a lot to recruit businesses to Tallahassee. Um, so it is just, you, basically, if you can think of it, I probably am, am doing it. And that includes, you know, making coffee, <laughs> right? So, um, it just, it, it runs the gamut. So when you, when you
0: came in as chief of staff with Mayor Daly, uh, was there, I know you said, of course, there's a learning curve. I mean, your background, you, you're a PhD in religious studies, you've you know, studied seminary and, and have MDiv and, and you you came from kind of a similar background as I did. And now you're running or, you know, helping manage and facilitate these, Mm -hmm. these uh, incredible civic operations. But was there um, big gaps in in terms of like what you perceived as something that was needed when you came into the mayor's office in terms of messaging to get out? Like, I I know you've been working on like social media stuff and, and newsletters and, and, even this type of thing with, you know, podcasts and outreach, what was, were those things in place or was that something that you all had to kind of hop in and create?
1: So we, we've, we'd largely have created that, um, you know, for our, our office, um, you know, since we've been in, uh, our city has, you know, we have, we have a, you know, full communications department at the city. We have a TV station and, um, that we run and and all that. So, so we have like real communications professionals, um, and our communications director, um, is one of the best in the business hands down. Um, and so she and I work hand in hand on the stuff the city's doing and the stuff that we're doing in our office, but the stuff for our office, we had to kind of build from scratch to, to a certain degree. And, and it is, I mean, because, um, you know, there's a, there's a learning curve there in finding the balance between, um, you know, what, what the public is interested in, what they want to know, what we think they need to know, uh, and the ways to get messages across that will actually resonate and, and penetrate, right? And so um, fortunately or unfortunately, we've been able to hone those skills through uh, emergency situations. Um, you know, we uh, we were lucky this year, we were missed, but in the uh, the four years before that, we'd been hit three by three different hurricanes, right? So, um, so you know, that kind of test you, right? That's when you can uh, really learn a lot quickly as in emergency situations like that. And then we applied a lot of that to what we've dealt with over the past uh, now nine months or so, nine or 10 months with the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, is just really trying to find the balance of you know, how do you get the message out in a way that, uh, that resonates And of course? I mean, we, we can't get away from, you know, there's a political aspect, too, of what we do, uh, but a way that really kind of reaches all of our constituents. Um, because, you know, one interesting note is that at least here locally, and this is true for a lot of local um, you know, positions around the country, uh, even though the electeds are maybe registered with one party or another, they run a nonpartisan here locally. Uh, which means when you know when you go to vote for mayor, nobody has a D or an R or an NPA, no party affiliation here in Florida by their name. It's just their names, right? Because you know, in theory, there's no Republican or Dem- Democratic way to pick up the trash, right, or to keep the lights running. Um, so, Geo, <laughs> <laughs> right, that's right. So, um, so that you know that I think plays into um, how we have to craft messages for you know, the entire community.
0: Have you found uh, that outreach? from the mayor's office has been received positively by like business or small business community
1: yeah I, I, absolutely i mean i think that we've got a good relationship with our um, business community here um, and you know we know that like in every community that's kind of the backbone right it's, it's the mom and pop stores it's the it's the larger companies right it's the companies that you know got their start in you know, a uh, entrepreneurial incubator here. Right. Um, and so I think that that we've good, those good relationships, but the way that we talk to those um, entities and and provide uh, information that they find valuable, right. That they want to pass along to uh, their business partners and, and, you know, uh, from time to time, their customers as well. Um, you know, we got to hit that right. And, and, you know, that's a, that's a trial and error type thing. Right. So we talk to them and get feedback regularly. Uh, I mean, Earlier this week, the mayor actually yesterday, the mayor was on with uh, our uh, one of our. We have three local chambers here. One of our chambers here, you know, talking with their board of directors, um, just kind of giving an update and getting some feedback, right? And we do that pretty regularly, so that we can um, make sure that we stay tuned in to what the needs and, and the desires are of our uh, small business community.
0: So, what about the the challenges with COVID and stuff? Um, I mean, you know, Florida is notorious for being. You know kind of the butt of many jokes <laughs> um, even from those of us in south carolina believe it or not
1: and <laughs> i know right <laughs> yeah. and, and, and as somebody who was born in north carolina um that's saying a lot right? <laughs> right there's a distinct difference between north and south carolina totally
0: yes very very different cultures but um so to be the capital city of, of florida and to have you know the state house there the spring court there the legislature there the florida chamber of commerce all those things. But then for you all in the mayor's office to be working directly with those small businesses in town who are affected by those decisions being made for the whole state, you know, just down the block, uh, what what sort of challenges did y'all have to, or did you all, I'm showing my South Carolina <laughs> roots here with my y'all, what, what sort of uh, challenges and, and opportunities uh, did COVID kind of present? Or, or, I mean, I know here in Columbia, I just read an article this morning in our state paper that was, uh, you know, that the, the here are 20 businesses, uh, iconic businesses that closed in Columbia uh, in, in 2020. And it was just heartbreaking to read that list because I've been to all 20 of those places, even the, the yoga studio um, that have been around since 1989 or whatever. Um, and, you know, they were just concrete sort of uh, cornerstone businesses of, of these communities and they're gone and you know bars and restaurants especially and and you know small businesses that we all relied on a little printing shop that we all loved that's now gone have y'all seen the same thing in Tallahassee and having to deal with a state legislature because we're kind of the same in Columbia we have the state you know government here in town that we interface with and there's a lot of you know push and pull with our city government trying to deal with the state and then you know our citizens having to deal with the the state government so did did y'all see something like that and and how did y'all overcome that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll say, um, I mean, look, we we have a good relationship with um, with the state. I mean, it's you know, there, always going to be, you know, it has the potential to be adversarial, right? And and particularly if you have. You know um a capital city controlled by one party and a state you know uh, controlled by the opposite party, which you know we have here and have had for a long time <clears throat> in Florida is the potential to be adversarial, but it doesn 't have to be and, and we work really hard to build good relationships with our partners at the state um, and, and I think we 've done a good job that of that with the governor and the cabinet um, and you know we have been. Uh, afforded the ability throughout this covid nineteen pandemic in a lot of ways to um, kind of decide what 's best for our community and the governors made some decisions here and there that um, you know, maybe took some of that control away or maybe you know made some decisions that maybe we wouldn 't have made but but that 's also life right you just deal with the circumstances that that you find yourself in and and really, what we did i mean we were um, I mean, I'm going to sound like a complete homer, right? But uh, we we were a leader both in the state and, and across the country in some of the things that we did. So we own our own utilities, and on day one, um, I mean, back in February, uh, the mayor called a, a what, what is now you know known publicly, but we called a private meeting of um, leaders in the community, of different local governments, um, you know, different folks. Um, and talked about you know uh, medical professionals and and folks like that to talk about, okay, hey, we see this coming, how are we going to prepare as a community um, uh, not much later, the mayor um, had a press conference and he and he walked out, and one of the things he said is uh, hey we 're suspending utility disconnects uh for non payment for sixty days this has yeah. been this has been um, this might have been you know first second week of march we 've not um disconnected anybody's uh utilities for non-payment now and we're December 16th right um so we we still have not even though almost every single other utility provider in the in the state has resumed disconnects and this by the way we're doing with over 12,000 delinquent accounts and you know 8 million dollars um that that we haven't received that that frankly we need to keep the utilities running right, right. um because this is you know we know this is important for not just individuals, uh, but also small businesses. Right. And we're going to figure that, you know, we're going to figure this out of how, you know, somehow we need to be made whole and we got to figure that out. And I think that a global pandemic like this requires necessitates a robust federal response. And I don't think anybody would um, argue that the response we've seen federally has been rather anemic to this point. Um, But so we did that. We took that step on day one. Uh, We followed that up with, um, a, a rebate to all of our electric utility customers um the next month uh totaling you know over 6 million dollars across the board um and then and we also did in march the the mayor called for we we have an interesting um you know way that some of the government's structured here and we have an intergovernmental agency which is uh, all the members of the city commission which includes the mayor and all the members of the county commission because we have one city and one county which is a little unique too um, and they sent out this intergovernmental agency and so the, the mayor called for a special meeting of, of that group um to talk specifically about covid relief and so um we in march uh put together a million dollar relief fund for small businesses uh we followed that up the next month with another million dollar relief fund for uh non um and and so we so, tried to kind uh, of take the action that we could right
0: yeah, I wanted to ask you about that, because we had a similar thing. And I know many of my colleagues in, in various cities, because Columbia is is almost the same size as Tallahassee. I think we're roughly in the same.
1: Yeah, we've got about 200,000 residents inside the city limits.
0: Yeah, we're, we're about there, both about 350,000 um, metropolitan. Yeah. And um, we had a, a city um, relief really fund, sort of like that for small businesses, we're all excited. I'm on, you know, a couple of slacks and, and email lists of local business people and business leaders and um you know a lot a lot of small business folks like me who, you know, might go to a chamber of commerce meeting every once in a while, but we're not like <laughs> totally in that crowd. And you know, we're we're creators and and you know, we, we like to be a little independent. And we were all excited about that. And I, I remember reading about it after clicking on the link on the Slack and then you know, we all go to apply and there was there were so many stipulations, you know, and it was like you had to have a business license in the city for two years, which fine, but a lot of people don't have that. You had to have this. You had to have this. You had to show that, you know, you have this many people employed. But anyway, it was it was a, a very laborious thing. Like it was easier to apply for the PPP funds than it was right. to apply for the what- city.
1: So I tell you one of the things that that we did and, and, you know, I mean, look, we work in government, so we got to have some stipulations on things, but, but we are a believer in, um, it it is, it is in times of emergency times of crisis like this, that it's better to get the money out to help people who need it than to worry about, are we going to, you know, lose one penny here or one penny there. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, not only the
0: humanitarian thing about like not kicking people out, you know, uh, or cutting people's electricity off, but like, they're going to be able to reinvest, you know, theoretically reinvest that money in buying groceries or buying, you know, needed supplies or diapers or a formula. You know, right. Whatever. So that's going to help the economy.
1: So with our small business loan, I think, I think it was for businesses with up to 50 employees, right? So hey, we're, we're targeting it, right? We, because we didn't have all the money in the world, right? So we we were able to find a million dollars to cobble together for this, which I think is a lot for a community our size. Um, But one of the things that we did, um, and some people didn't like this, right? Granted, but I still think it was a really smart decision that we made um, with our our first grant program we created for small businesses, what we call the CEDAR grant, the COVID-19 Emergency Disaster Relief Grant, um, is that we tied it to applying for. You didn't have to... uh, receive or accept if you even if you received it but applying for state or federal money right so a state emergency bridge loan or the federal PPP loan Uh, because most people that were applying for our money um, were also applying for those anyway but we saw this as an opportunity to um, essentially leverage the million dollar investment that we could make as a local government Um, and and bring down more money and so i think in our analysis our kind of after action report uh we we've saw that million dollars get leveraged into like 30 million dollars yeah i was gonna ask what funding get brought down to our community wow that's insane I mean, not uh,
0: that's predictable, but it's it's great to
1: hear. And, and so, but I think, you know, things like that, we've got really just fantastic professionals, right? Really smart people that, that you know, they're helping put these things together. And of course, you know, every now and then I, I, I get to have an idea, but um, but we have a lot of great people both in the city and the county, right? That are working, um, you know, coming up with these ideas and, and, and it's things like that, that we, that we do that, hey, we had a couple of business folks say, you know, they were, they were hot because they just wanted to apply for our, you know, whatever amount they could get from us and not have to apply for anything else. And we're like, look, all you have to do is fill out the application. You don't even have to accept the money. Like, even though the PPP loan is like we all knew it was going to be forgivable, right? So, right. Yeah. Um, so not everybody liked it, but it was a way to, um, you know, leverage the, the little bit of kind of spending power that we had. Uh, and I think that some things like that have really helped the community. did not mean we're not hurting. We're uh, more definitely hurting, but our unemployment rate is, uh, well, still below the the state and the national average, and, and that's one of the things that, that we experience as a capital city, and Columbia similarly, right, capital city, university city as well, is that and the highs, you don't, we don't get as high as some other places do in the booms, right? But we don't get as low in the bus either. right? And, and, I, th- and I think that, you know, so we have some foundation there with state government and university and things like that, but also there's some other good dis- local decision making that I think um, helps, um, you know, kind of putting a safety net out there for our small businesses as well.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of that also has to do with the resiliency of, of the type of businesses that make up, you know, the, the job creators in town here. Or, you know, Tallahassee or, or, you know, it
1: does. I mean, it was interesting. Um, you know I mean, <clears throat> look, I, I, I'm not going to criticize the way anybody runs their business. Right. But, but hearing stories of, you know, a business that has been uh, in business for 20 or 30 years um, you know, three weeks into the COVID-19 crisis that are like, Oh, we're going to close our doors. We don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, and you know, there are certain businesses where the margins restaurants and the margins are so thin, that's going to, that's going to happen. Right. I mean, that, that's almost impossible uh, to not happen in those situations, but other businesses where you would expect, Hey, you've been in business for 20 or 30 years, kind of, like, what are you, what are you doing? Right. You've, you've got to prepare for this. And so there's got to be a balance, right? The resiliency of the businesses themselves. And that's what we've seen a lot of that. I know you've seen that in Columbia businesses, helping other people, nonprofits stepping up to help. Um, and and I think that's what we've seen across the country. And so it's a combination of all those things, right. In a community that what a little bit the government can do, it's what the, you know, and the community can do as well.
0: Yeah. And I, I won't keep you for too much longer. I know you're a busy guy with places to go, but, um, I know just with my business, we we lost two clients that had to shut down and they both shut down very early, like late March, early, early May. And and I thought early March, late April, somewhere in there. And uh, I was like, oh gosh, you know, this is not trending well. And both of of those were more established businesses and, and I met with them and gave them some what I thought was great, you know, <laughs> ideas of, okay, here's some ways we can pivot in the short term. We don't know how long this is going to last, but you know, here's some ideas about getting things online and getting things, you know, social or, or, you know, utilizing newsletters. Like you've got this incredible customer base. You've got these very loyal people in town. You've got people all across the region. You know, there are ways to do this. And when it was a nonprofit and when was a for-profit business? And they both made the same mistake of saying, we don't know how to do this. I can't train my staff. We're just going to, we're just going to close our doors. And the nonprofit was heartbreaking because it was a very important service here. Yeah. And the same with the for-profit business and, and they've done some really cool stuff and a and, uh, big name in the community. And we were like, come on, like all you have to do is do this and this and this, we can walk you through this. Like, don't worry about, you know, charging or anything. Let's look at what the city's doing. And it, I, I did that with a number of clients who kind of got freaked out early and they were able to make that pivot. And uh, I've got some great success stories that, that are I'm going to be talking to in the next few weeks and uh, they were so nervous at the time and between like you said the city stepping up the the ppp loans um, some of the stuff that private banks were doing and Mm -hmm. it it just kind of got us through that so now we're we're in december and it's it's great to hear that cities like tallahassee are still kind of being proactive (laughs) because you know like you said the federal government response has been all over the place and they're still some work being done out there, but it's, it's really sketchy for small businesses right now. Um,
1: well, I mean the, the reality, I mean, I don't know how to, you know, this, everybody 2020, right. It's been a year, right. Um, I mean, there's not, there, it's hard to kind of put it into words, but everybody is stressed. Everybody is kind of anxious. They're on edge. You know, a lot of people are struggling financially. Um, a lot of, you know, A lot of people are struggling personally. They've been spending more time at home or, or, right. And it's been a hard year for people. Right. And so oftentimes we look around and we want to blame people and, and there's plenty of blame to go around. Right. And, and not that we're, you know, we're certainly not perfect or immune, um, by any means, but, but we continue to take action because we need to right? And so, I mean, just last week, we established a, what we're calling a landlord risk mitigation fund, because we're looking at the, the looming eviction crisis, uh, potential uh, eviction crisis when the federal eviction moratorium expires uh, at the end of the calendar year. Um, and we know, you know, we know how many evictions are, are filed and on hold right now here locally. Um, we, you know, believe that that the real number of you know anticipated evictions is much more than that because there's been a moratorium so a lot of people haven't you know filed but but you know we established a fund to um you know try to help those that are most vulnerable to being evicted because we know that um it is so it's much cheaper as a community and 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 important for the for their health if um they can not become unsheltered because the barriers to getting sheltered again, once you become unsheltered are just enormous, but then also so this fund can help those, um, you know, help people from getting evicted, but then also, um, provide a backstop for landlords to, um, to take tenants that may after they've been evicted be considered high risk. Right, uh, because we know the barriers there too. If you have not even an actual eviction, but just an eviction filing on your record, uh, the barriers that that creates for you. And so we're still even, you know, it's a little bit, right? And we can't create a, an eviction moratorium here. And, and that may not even be the right long term solution because of, you know, the, the small businesses that are landlords or the mom and pop that are trying to make the mortgage payments, right? Because they have one or two extra, um, you know, uh, rental properties and even larger organizations that have, you know, hundreds of people that they employ, right? So, you know, we're trying to find solutions here too that, that are helping people, that are helping small businesses, uh, and it hasn't and it hasn't stopped and it can't stop. Um, and, and so, you know, I think that we are all in agreement. We need a much larger, more robust federal response. Uh, but in the absence of it, we can't just throw our hands up and say, well, you know, it's kind of not our, not our responsibility, so I guess we're just not going to do anything
0: yeah well and and that's you know like you said that's also part of the responsibility of having a business is is finding ways to adapt and and you know figure out how to get around issues and problems that pop up and this year it's coronavirus next year who knows (laughs) right there's always going to be something that that presents itself and and shakes things up you know whether it's personal or business or international like we're dealing with now um you know life is a series of responding to different <laughs> uh, <laughs> events and, and making the best of it. So yeah, no, I, I totally agree. All right. So last question. Uh, I don't I don't know if you noticed, but we have a new flag in the city of Columbia. Have you seen our flag?
1: I have seen the flag. It's a good flag. I it like is it. actually a good flag. I like yeah. it.
0: Yeah. So there was a big uh, design contest. I almost went into it. I, I didn't. Um, but the, the agency that won is Friends and, and it's, it's fantastic. They won. Uh, and it's a great design. They did a great job. So, what is up with the Tallahassee flag?
1: You mean Starahassee?
0: <laughs> so, I'm, I've been reading up on this in preparation for our interview. And I love your, your city seal, like like the, that y'all have on the buttons and right. on the website and you use for your newsletter and, and that sort of thing. It's fantastic, the Florida. Tallahassee seal
1: it's got like a nice live oak on it which we're known for our live oaks and it, yeah, you know, it, it has a classic feel to it which which resonates for me it doesn't resonate for everybody but I agree I like the seal
0: it, yeah it's it, it's it's an oak tree with you know cool background and it's it's not bad but the flag my god like what are you doing to uh, address this very important issue yeah, that's
1: a good question um you know I don't know I mean this flag was Ten years ago right before we came in and you know obviously the star is a, is an homage to us being the capital city and so we have a lot of places where like part of the stars kind of makes a t right for tallahassee and so you have the star and then you have the rest of the word right so that's what we call it we joke it looks, it looks like Housy. something that
0: a, like a city would have come up with in the late 90s or it, it says 2002 here yeah so 2000 yeah yeah it So like that, that, that a, a city hosting the olympics would have come up with in 2002 as they pitched the ioc
1: yeah. And so in a lot of places and a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, renderings, the star actually like works really well. It looks really good. Right. Um, but, but on the flag um, there was a little push a couple of years ago that, Hey, we need a new flag. And, and I was on board with that. It's, it's, um, you know, since died down because there's been other more important things that we've had to deal with. But I think that, I mean, that's definitely something we've been thinking about is going through a process similar to what Columbia did. Of, you know, Hey, let's, let's look, let's look at, um, getting the community to give us a, you know new flag designs and talk about it and um you know kind of talking about you know i'm thinking about this in particular as we lead up to our bicentennial yeah, exactly. uh, in 2024 is you know looking back on on you know who we've been for 200 years though you know we know that we had um uh, folks living in tallahassee for thousands of years before that but um you know we were kind of you know we date our founding to a proclamation by then territorial governor william duval in 1824 naming tallahassee the capital of the territory of florida um but then also like who do we who do we want to be going forward for the next 200 years right so um i i would love to see that become part of kind of as we lead up to the bicentennial so we'll see if i can if i can be successful in making that happen but i i think I think a flag is an important kind of, you know, we don't think about it a lot with, with the, you know, the city or even sometimes the state. Um, but I think it, it, when done well, it can really kind of encompass the, um, you know, the kind of the, the culture and the attitude and, and the people of a city.
0: Yeah, I mean, you see like the New York flag or the Chicago flag and, you know, you kind of get a, a you know, little, little heartstrings. But I, I mean, I've, I've seen Columbia City flags now hanging out in front of people's homes. We have a big hope thing that that uh, the city put up during the early part of uh, the coronavirus uh, breakout back in I think February using the new flag and it's really cool and and I just see it on bumpers you know uh, back windows and bumpers all the time around town so people have really in I've seen it on hats you know and I'm like oh I want the hat how do you get the hat yeah <laughs> so I've been trying to find one online and, and uh, the place that had them were sold out but uh, all that to say you know we we just introduced that this year and it's been a, it's been a pretty cool thing despite everything else going on.
1: Um, well, hopefully we can uh, follow your lead in a couple of years here. There in you go. Yeah.
0: There you go. Well, you, you know who to call if you need a, a design. So that,
1: we'll, that's right. I was like, <laughs> wait, there's a, there's a pitch coming at the end of this, right?
0: I, I would donate my efforts. To I, I would be disappointed
1: crew. if there's not a pitch at the end of this.
0: <laughs>
1: the starship. I love it. All right. Well, Thomas, <laughs> it has been fantastic talking to you again. You too. You too. And and I think your listeners should know how impressive of a feat it is that our reunion show uh, lasted less than three hours. I know. Well, this is
0: just, you know, this is the part we're putting on the podcast. There's a whole before and after that. that
1: people. That's right. It's like the Obama memoir, right? Where you pick it up and you're like, oh, 700 pages. Oh, this is only volume one. Volume one of six. (laughs) Yeah. And they have to pay for the other part. That's
0: the pitch. So if you send me money, then you get to hear the whole conversation with Thomas. That's right right so Thomas yeah thank, y'all keep up the good work and uh, thank you for all y'all are doing down there it's, it's always I, I follow Thomas's work um, on his social media but also from the, the mayor's office in Tallahassee I have links down in the show notes you can follow what they're doing it's really interesting stuff going on so if you're a small business interested in how cities are helping small businesses right now uh, and, and that's a very hot topic and you know, definitely follow up on what Mayor Daly, and Thomas and the, the mayor's office are working on because it it's, it's good stuff so thank you Thomas
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Sam.